0: Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in.
1: Mary
2: redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online.
1: I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true.
2: Chumba Casino was America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to jumbocasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.
1: This podcast contains adult themes and language, and some of the things that we discuss may be disturbing to some listeners. In this podcast, we discuss sexual assault, torture, race, and murder. Listener discretion is advised.
3: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Fruit Loops season two, episode 21. Thank you so much for listening, y'all. Fruit Loops is a podcast about true crimes committed by people of color and their victims that we don't hear or know much about. Now, contrary to popular belief, not all serial killers are white dudes. Uh, There are many well-documented cases of serial killers of color and Fruit Loops is a podcast all about them. We will take deep dives into the fascinating lives and crimes of serial killers and true crimes committed by people of color and their victims that the media and entertainment commonly leave out because, well, the news is racist.
1: Also, our website is fruitloopspod.com. Our Facebook page is Fruit Loops Pod. And our discussion group is Fruit Loops Pod Discussion on Facebook. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at Fruit Loops Pod.
3: That's right. So if you want to support the show, uh, you're listening and you're like, I love these guys. I love these gals. I need to support them. (laughs) Um, You can send us a donation on the Cash App. Uh, which you can download to your phone or you can find online at cash.me slash dollar sign fruit loose pod. Um, and the cool thing about cash app is, you do not it's, there's no subscription issues involved. So it's like, if you want one bonus episode, you can um, send us a donation on the cash app um, and you can get a bonus episode. And then you don't have to worry about like your card being charged over and over again. Um, so I'm surprised more people don't use it but anyway it's available to you or you can become a monthly patron through our Podbean patron page which we also love so thank you to all of our patrons or if you can't help monetarily no problem you can always give us a five star review on iTunes or anywhere else you get your podcast from and be sure to share our podcast with your friends yeah
1: and I wanted to also mention that we have merch on our website now so if you go to Ooh. Fruit Loops Pod dot com and go to the merch page uh you can find all our merch there
3: oh that's awesome um so how is your um fruit loops pillow treating you very well <laughs> <Happy> birthday!
1: <laughs> thank you uh wendy bought me a uh john douglas pillow for my birthday which that's i love right. he's keeping me safe <laughs> <laughs> As I sleep,
3: <laughs> yes. So there's pillows, there's mugs, there's um baby you uh onesies, I, I have yeah. onesies, yes onesies. <laughs> there's t-shirts, there's all the things. So just go go check go check it out, and if go you want, yeah. you know. Get that Fruit Loops pod merch, man, it's there for you. So who are we talking about today, Beth?
1: Uh, This is part two of the story of the D.C. sniper attacks, also known as the Beltway sniper attacks, which were a series of coordinated shootings that occurred during three weeks in October of 2002 in the states of Maryland and Virginia and the District of Columbia, a.k.a. the DMV. Ten people were killed and three others were critically wounded in the Baltimore, Washington metropolitan area and along Interstate 95 in Virginia during the spree. And there were also some preliminary crimes as well. And if That's you right. are just tuning in today, go on back to part one, listen to that, and we'll meet you right back here. Yes. So how you doing, Beth? Beth? I'm doing okay. Um so I confessed to our Fruit Loops fam in our discussion group that I got my Mm -hmm. Ancestry.com DNA results back and it did not show any African ancestry. I can't tell you how bummed out I was to get that uh, information. But, here's something I didn't know after I got that information and I should have done my research beforehand, but I didn't. Not all DNA tests are the same. Or not all companies are the same. After, looking into it some more uh it seems like ancestry.com is better for people who are looking for relatives like if you if you don't know who your relatives are you're adopted or i don't know maybe your dad was a bit of a whore anyway not necessarily (laughs) (laughs) for detailed information about uh their heritage Uh, They base their results, which they call estimates, by comparing your DNA with a pool of DNA of folks from different areas. So um, if, you know, there's a lot of people in Sweden that have this DNA, then they estimate that you're from Sweden. Um, Anyway, Uh if there isn't a lot of DNA information in their database about a particular people, uh, Mm -hmm. like, say, Africa, it just won't show up. Mm -hmm. And that information could change as they gather more information, your DNA doesn't Mm -hmm. change, but who they can match it up to does change. So I'm not giving up on my African heritage. Don't. Don't give up. Yeah, I won't. My sister got her results from 23andMe, and I probably should have done 23andMe too. So Mm -hmm. I probably will do a 23andMe test sometime in the future when they have a sale. Mm -hmm. So Ferdies, let me know if you see it on sale anytime soon. Um One thing I did find out, though, was that I have Viking DNA. Uh,
3: <laughs> Whoa! So I,
1: I'm I'm three percent Norwegian, so that's kind of oh. cool. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like I have an inner shield maiden.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask what was the most? What was the bulk of it? Okay, so the most
1: sixty nine percent was England, Wales, and Northwestern Europe, and they circled France and Germany. Anyway, um, Northwestern Europe. And then the second Mm -hmm. most was Irish and Scottish. That was 25%. And then 3% Swedish and 3% Norwegian.
3: Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think that the, the ancestry thing is, is, is fun. Um, I do believe that, um, there are different sort of tiers in terms of caliber of these DNA things. And I don't know, I think 23andMe is like, up there and then ancestry is like middle of the road and so yeah i think think probably get much better more satisfying results with 23 from
1: 23andme yeah i think Mm -hmm. ancestry.com is probably the best for if you want to connect with other people because Mm -hmm. uh, they do genealogy and people have their like uh, family trees on there so once you connect with somebody you can probably uh, go back pretty far on your family tree but um, mm-hmm. as far as like your heritage, your DNA and stuff like that, I think 23andMe, uh, I, I like their report better too, how they broke it down. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't mm-hmm. real impressed with Ancestry.com's report.
3: Yeah. Um, well, I am fascinated to see, you know, like what, what else you find out if you take a different test. Um, yeah. I know that my uh, – I, I feel like this episode might have prompted some of my – um, maternal family members to do um their own tests. Oh and wow, so cool. My aunts, who are listeners. Yeah, they did I don't know which test, but it also revealed some um medical situation information about oh, wow. them and for them. Um but it, one of the really interesting things that it revealed, so again I've said before, I'm half Afro- Afro-Latinx, specifically Garifuna. Um and Garifuna's are descendants of uh, West Indian people, and they mixed with the Mayans and the people already existing, the indigenous people in um, throughout Central America. So they were um, African mixed with um, Central American indigenous, and I think like a huge percentage, like. Over fifty percent of my aunts, both two two of my mom's sisters, did this test, and it revealed that they're like overwhelmingly Central American indigenous, and then another big chunk is African. Um, oh wow! And so my mom's going to going to do her test too, which is really exciting. Um, but it just uh, is it's I. <laughs> Man, when, when I do get that bag and I can afford to do a DNA ancestry test, I'm really looking (laughs) forward to the results because of, you know, my Central American like family ties and also my African American ties. Like I, I would like it to be as comprehensive as possible because I'd love to know where my, um, African American ancestors were stolen from. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's awesome that you got the results that you got and that your birthday has been nice and fun and you've enjoyed yourself. Yeah, um, I, I believe. Birthday. Yeah. Yeah. We, um we saw us today. So if you, <laughs> <We did>. um, <laughs> if you are one of our patrons or Patreons, um, you will hear uh, Beth and Wendy's take on the movie us and boy, Oh boy. Was it a good movie? So, um, We'll just leave that there. <laughs> we we'll just leave it there. Just, just become a patron. Come on. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I, I firmly believe that if you used a different company to do this DNA nonsense, that you would get different results. And what it really means is that there's just not enough African people who are doing these tests. So there's yeah. not enough DNA in the pool.
1: That's what I think. Yeah,
3: yeah, I agree uh, completely. So no matter what the se- the test says, Beth, you still my soul sister. And um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all is well over here on the south side of Phoenix. All right, um, the Mueller the Mueller investigation has concluded. So so uh, we we got him right.
1: Mm, not so much
3: um very very disappointed okay let's move on yeah (laughs) let's move on move on to something happier yeah oh i know how about some listener letters
1: save us angels there we go there they are thank (laughs) you thank you
3: (laughs) so what do you got for us beth
1: uh genie on facebook messaged and said hey ladies love the podcast i'm from baltimore so i heard about you guys from affirmative murder and i haven't missed an episode good vibes and keep up the great work thanks Jeannie. yeah
3: we love our play cousins over there at affirmative murder yeah they're great they're really funny and yeah, they tell thanks stories that we've murder. literally never heard before so right yes. yeah. And
1: then we have a new patron, TJ, uh, who said, so dope. This has become one of my top podcasts to listen to. I was so excited to find a cast about POC serial killers that was well researched and thoughtful. Keep up the amazing work, ladies. Thank you, TJ.
3: Thank you. You know what? I forgot. I'm so sorry, guys. I've been missing, I've been missing out on your hip hop air horn. So that's that's for you, Jeannie. And that's also for you, TJ Nichols. Thank you. All right. All right.
1: And then Brad via email said, I'm assuming he's already on your list. So I'm just wondering when you're going to do an episode on Kendall Francois, serial killer from Poughkeepsie, New York. He was actually a Mm. hall monitor at my middle school when I went. Oh, no. Uh, I heard one other podcast cover him, but I'm certain you can do a much better job. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Brad.
3: Brad. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, I've never met a I've never met a black guy named Brad. So I'm assuming uh, Brad is is a uh, wonderful white gentleman. So thank you, Brad, for listening to our show. (laughs) Kendall Francois
1: is on our list. And uh, maybe we'll need to bump him up a little bit. Yeah, we might
3: need to. Yeah, we're we're trying to do. Um, a really diverse set of episodes. So we don't want to do too many men, and we don't want to do too many black people, and we don't want to do too many Latinx people. So we want to just pepper in as many. We want. We really want to be a diverse true crime show, and so we're trying to um, include as many stories by people of different backgrounds that we possibly can. Yeah, shake it up, make it a little more interesting. Shake that way. it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so just be a little patient. Who knows. Knows when we will cover this one but he's definitely on the list so thank you yep. for suggesting it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. What's next? And then Ashley via email said you ladies are absolutely amazing. I look forward to new episodes every <laughs> week and <laughs> I plan to continue listening. All right, thanks
3: Ashley. Oh, thank you. everyone. To Ashley? All right. Man, we really appreciate all the love that you guys have been giving mm-hmm. us. I I uh Wanted to showcase a letter that we received. Um, So, we uh, got um, some new patrons. Um, And so, I am going to give you some um, musical ballads. So, get ready. Um, And (laughs) if you don't like this, then you can just fast forward. (laughs) So, uh, our first patron is she said, uh, My name is Kinsey Hamilton. There's a million things I haven't done just you wait and then we also got a patron <laughs> and <laughs> here comes here comes your thank you <clears throat> uh monica ward so gone over you 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 who hell and I love to love you baby (laughs) so also so that's Monica the famous singer that we all know and love very much um also we want to thank um our existing patrons we finally put out our bonus content got our shit together and did it for you guys and we hope you like it um (laughs) we recorded our bonus episode um, today when we went and saw the movie Us. So um, it will be released soon, as soon as Wendy can get her shit together and finish editing it. And um...
1: <laughs> and then we're going to try to put out as many as we can. We can't promise uh, to do it every week, but uh, we're going to do as many as we can.
3: Yes, exactly. Um, so thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for fucking with us and rocking with us. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to take a quick ad break and then we're going to get into the story when we come back we would like to invite any listeners who have a business to advertise to do it with us for more information please email us at fruitloopspod at gmail.com or check out our website at fruitloopspod.com so now we're just gonna we're just gonna dive right back in head first to the timeline. Um, and this is where the fuckery continues in Virginia and other areas. So Beth, what have you got for us? <laughs> Well, they were snipers. <laughs>
1: well, first of all, there was some fuckery in the last episode because I have to make a correction. <laughs> oh, ooh, what? Uh, this is funny. I made fun of an article that said Malvo's fingerprint was found on a magazine about weapons, rather than a weapons mm-hmm. magazine. And well, the joke's on me because it actually was a magazine about weapons.
3: <laughs> oh, like a paper, a paper read through magazine. magazine. Yeah. Oh. Okay.
1: Yeah. It was called Guns and Ammo.
3: (laughs) Guns and Ammo magazine. I'm just gonna call you Egg Boy. Oh. (laughs) Eggs on your face. Eggs on my
1: face. That's right. So, well, it seemed ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) And I was imagining Malvo sitting in the parking lot uh, reading a magazine, but apparently, it he had it, it like in his back pocket, and it fell out when he ran from the scene, which is still
3: pretty dumb. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, criminals,
1: you know. He was a teenager,
3: (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yes, he was
1: a young man. (laughs) So getting back into the story, in part one, we discussed the setting, Washington, D.C., the timeline. The victims were 17 in total. The perps, uh, John Allen Muhammad and Lee Boyd Malvo. What we know of their early life and the crimes, and now we're picking it, back up at the first crimes of the spree that began with a series of single-shot attacks to people doing regular things like uh, mowing the grass, sitting on a park bench, reading, getting gas, vacuuming the car, and walking down the street. The killers Mm -hmm. were leaving cryptic messages at the scene, and by now they have claimed at least six
3: victims in the two days when they arrived in the DMV. Oh me, oh my. So uh, we left off last week on October 3rd, 2002. Now the next day, October 4th, Malvo and Muhammad started covering a wider area and then started taking two or three days between shootings. On October 4th, 43 year old part-time substitute teacher, Caroline Sewell was wounded in the chest at 2 30 PM in the parking lot of a Michael store in S- Botsylvania, which doesn't sound like a real place, but apparently it is. (laughs) While she was putting her purchases in her minivan, as she was closing the car door, she felt pain in her back and heard something hit her car. She realized that she had been shot and fell to the ground. A bullet pierced her lung, diaphragm and liver, but she survived. Ballistics later tied the bullet that was removed from her body to Muhammad's Bushmaster rifle. By this point,
1: hundreds of journalists had converged to cover the unfolding events. School officials reassured the public that they were taking every measure possible to protect children by tightening security and canceling all outdoor activities. And on October 7th, Montgomery County, Maryland police held a news conference to announce that police officers had been posted at schools for protection. The officers were placed at schools as a deterrent, but also to give the public peace of mind
3: but it appears they were only placed at the white schools because (laughs) let me tell you what happened after this. Uh, Shortly afterwards at eight Oh nine AM, iron Brown, a 13 year old, student, was shot in the chest and critically wounded as he arrived at the Benjamin Tasker Middle School in Bowie, Maryland. Um, now, Brown's name was initially concealed from the public because he was a minder, but, but later it was revealed. Now, Brown is a he's, he's a I'm not exactly sure, but he's a person of color. Um, so I'm not sure what his, what his makeup is or how he identifies, but he's, he's not white. Um, by the way, he was kicked off the school bus for eating candy and would have never been in the position he was in if the racist bus driver had not kicked him off. So hello. And, uh, Welcome to Culture Corner with Beth and Wendy. This is an example of over policing of black and brown kids for doing regular, schmegular, degular ass things. One source said that the school bus rules must have been really strict. Oh, my God, they said. Guess what color the those podcast hosts were. Hmm. Um, but I'm convinced that they were actually just racist and saw the one black and brown kid breaking the rules, given his skin color and his actions, and felt it to be unacceptable and worthy of harsh punishment. Bias is dangerous, very dangerous. And unfortunately, when a group of white kids are playing, it's seen as just playing, harmless playing, they're having fun. And when a group of little black kids are playing, it's perceived as violent. Um, and your biases determine how you view that. A report in 2018 found that black students in K through 12 schools are far more likely to be disciplined, whether through suspension or referral to law enforcement than their you know their counterparts of other races black boys are three times as likely to get suspended compared to white boys and uh black girls are six times as likely to face suspension in school than their white counterparts i mean black girls get suspended for things like having an attitude when all they did was like roll their (laughs) roll their eyes or 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 give somebody a side eye so it um the teachers need to be um are educated on on yeah definitely um, Maybe some. Um, what do you call that? What is? What did Starbucks do when they closed? What is that? What is that called? Uh, racial or? Um, uh. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. How we care for our minds affects how we experience life, so it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps, but there's also BetterHelp online therapy. Now, we are huge advocates for mental health here at Fruits HQ. Oh, yes. And we have both used therapy throughout our lives, including BetterHelp, and especially in these past several years, to help us deal with challenging times, Mm -hmm. challenging thoughts, feelings and experiences. Amen. Yes. And now I had a recent, you know, conversation with my therapist. She was saying, sometimes it's just good to talk and get some perspective. You don't yeah. have to go to a therapist just because stuff is wrong. So
1: Right, right. And BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And some people get really anxious about that. So
3: Oh, yes. And it is much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can be matched with a therapist. Business under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at
1: betterhelp.com slash fruit. That's better. H-E-L P dot slash fruit. I don't know, re-education just training on, or re-education re Reeducation yeah, or something re-educ- like that. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. So everybody stay in school. Up with hope. Down with dope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so because Iron had been barred from the school bus, Tanya Brown, Iron's aunt, Drove him to school and dropped him off. After he was shot, Iron walked back to his aunt's car. He told me, I've been shot. I didn't believe him at first, she said. Then she saw a hole in his shirt and a dark stain, apparently blood. Brown, who was mm-hmm. a nurse, uh, decided to drive her nephew to the urgent care center almost instinctively.
3: Shout out to this aunt. Um... Mm-hmm looking out for this little boy. This was amazing. She called 911 on the way and calmly explained to the dispatcher that she was driving Iron to the clinic with his cries audible in the background. Oh, no. I know. Uh, if anybody has heard that 911 call, um, post it on our Facebook page or let us know where we can find it. Um, at one point, she told the boy, uh, you're not going to die, and then he told me that he loved me, she said.
1: Martin... Eichelberger, the doctor at Children's Hospital in Washington, who later operated on the boy, said he removed the spleen and parts of his liver and pancreas. But the bullet that entered Brown's left chest missed the heart and lungs. Eichelberger said Brown had lost a tremendous amount of blood. He said Tanya Brown's decision to transport her nephew herself rather than wait for an ambulance helped save his life. And Brown survived the attack. Thank God.
3: That's Awesome. I'm going to give a round of applause to, uh, auntie Tanya Brown yeah. and the youngest victim. Sorry. This applause track is very on long. forever. <laughs> I should find another one. <laughs> okay. So shout out to you, Tanya Brown. Thank you. Um, so, uh, yes. Uh, Iron was the youngest victim, 13. Um, the school where Brown was shot is in Prince George's County, where officers had not, I repeat, had not been posted to protect children before Iron was shot. They were posted at a lot of other schools, but not this one. I looked into the statistics for this school district, and um, it is like 60% black, and 20% of the students are English language learners. I don't know, but perhaps that had something to do with why the ho-ass authorities hadn't put police protection at the school. Um, At this crime scene, the authorities found that, uh, or they found a big ballpoint pen barrel in a field less than 100 yards from the shooting. Muhammad's DNA was on the barrel. They also found shell casing as well as tarot card, the death card, uh, inscribed with the phrase, Call Me God on the front and on the separate lines on the back for you, Mr. Police Um, code, call me, God, do not release to the press. And Malvo's DNA was later found on that tarot card. Now, uh, despite police efforts to honor the request, not to release information about the card to the press details were made public by WUSA TV. And then the Washington post just one day later, um, which kind of reminded me of the Zodiac Killer, which is in the news now because of that new podcast that's out about him.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched a documentary about this, and it seemed like the the press was leaking a lot of information, and they were all up in the police's business on this case. And uh, Mm -hmm. they could have messed some things up. And I I suspect that probably Iron's name was released by the press when they weren't supposed to. I don't know but um, apparently they were all up in everybody's business. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so this was 2002. And so um, we had nine 11, not uh, maybe a year earlier. Right. That was, that was two thousand one. Nine eleven, two thousand one. 11,
1: 2001.
3: Right. right. So now we're October, 2002. And I think everybody was just on like, like, do you remember the colors that they had on the news? Oh, everybody yeah. was like we were we were in a state of red at all times all or the like time. a state of yeah. orange at all times. And so this just kind of this everybody just was freaking fire. out. Yeah. Everybody yeah. was freaking out.
1: Yeah. On October 8th, a Baltimore police officer encountered Muhammad who was sleeping in his uh Caprice while parked at a service station. The officer ordered Muhammad out of the car, but let him go after Muhammad produced a Washington state driver's license. This was the third encounter Muhammad had with the police during the crime spree. He had also been questioned two other times, but let go because there was nothing showing he had any warrants, and the car was registered to him, so... They let him go and none of these Mm -hmm. encounters held any particular significance to the police officers at the time. They basically just thought he was a homeless guy living out of his car,
3: which he was. (laughs) Yeah, but it's crazy. It's from my perspective as a a black woman in America, it's weird that this man would encounter the police three times and, Walk away like totally unscathed, yeah. like nothing, yeah. like nothing happened to him. No ticket, no nothing. killing, no yeah. nothing. Like he just... And I'm wondering if, on his what way. his driver's license said. Yeah, what is it? Did his driver's license say Muhammad on it? Uh, um, probably, or yeah. did it have his? Uh, previous last name. So I don't know, oh, yeah. but it is quite unusual yeah. <laughs> for the cops yeah. not to fuck with you um, when you encounter them as a person of color in the United States. On October 9th at eight eighteen PM, 53 year old civil engineer, Dean Harold Myers was shot dead while pumping gasoline near the city of Manassas. Ballistics later established that the bullet that killed him entered behind his left ear And then fragmenting came from John Muhammad's Bushmaster rifle. The wound was consistent with a bullet fired from a high-velocity rifle. Officer Stephen Bailey responded to
1: a Bob Evans restaurant across the street from the shooting and began stopping cars as they left the parking lot in order to question the occupants. He stopped a Chevrolet Caprice with tinted windows and asked the occupant, who he later identified as John Muhammad, if he had heard or seen anything. Muhammad responded that he had not seen anything, and the officer let him proceed on his way. On that parking lot, the police found a map of Baltimore. The fingerprints of both Muhammad and Malvo were later found on that map. Now, what one other thing I wanted to mention uh, was that They were looking for two white guys in a van, Mm -hmm. a white van, because a couple of eyewitnesses at a a few different scenes had seen Mm -hmm. a couple of white guys in a white van driving off. And the profilers Mm -hmm. assumed that this was a white guy. So um, that's probably why... there wasn't any red flags when, when they stopped him because they weren't looking for a black guy. They were looking for a white guy. They weren't looking for a caprice. They were looking for a van. So,
3: yeah, I guess in the context of this, um, this, uh, terrifying, um, ordeal, they were looking for a white guy, but I, I still don't think that, um, police who had the opportunity to pull over a person of color, um, would be like we're just looking for white guys right now so I'm, I'm just gonna let you go like i just i don't i don't i don't understand it's, it's like, baffling, baffling to an, you this is, an <laughs> yeah. in, this, is an <laughs> in, this is baffling this is yeah, an, what the fuck is Enigma the white the right word i don't know this yeah it just seems weird like it doesn't matter what's going on in the world they still um if they hassle, can catch hassle people of color catch yeah. or hassle people of color then they will so um but uh yeah, another police encounter. Are you fucking kidding me? So on <laughs> um on the morning of October 11th, um At 9.30 a.m., 53-year-old businessman Kenneth Bridges was shot dead while pumping fuel near Fredericksburg. And on October 14th at 9.15 p.m., 47-year-old Linda Franklin, an FBI intelligence analyst, was shot dead in a covered parking lot at a Home Depot in Fairfax County, Virginia. By this point, gas stations had begun to put tarps up to conceal their customers. Whoa! Malville and Muhammad. Yeah, extreme measures. Malvo and Muhammad did not commit any more shootings for five days.
1: On October 19th at 8 p.m., Jeffrey and Stephanie Hopper were leaving the Ponderosa Steakhouse in Ashland. They had traveled south from Pennsylvania and had deliberately avoided stopping for gas in the Washington, D.C. area because of the rash of sniper shootings. As the two walked mm. to their car, Jeffrey Hopper heard an enormous explosion and realized that he'd been shot in the stomach. His wife Stephanie oh called out to passerby who phoned an ambulance.
3: After extended hospitalization, he survived. Whew. But he lost most of his stomach and part of his pancreas. Mm. The ballistics examination revealed that the bullet taken from his stomach had been fired from John Muhammad's bushmaster rifle. In a wooded area across from the Ponderosa, the police recovered a shell casing and a Cinna raisin bag. Yeah, I don't um, know what that must is, have been but... Some snacks. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, maybe they were eating snacks. I don't know. Yeah. Um, both Malvo's fingerprints and Malvo's DNA were found on the Cinna raisin bag.
1: And tacked to a tree was a Ziploc bag with a note inside. Malvo's DNA was on the Ziploc bag. The note bore the words, for you, Mr. Police, call me God. Do not release to the press. On the back was a further note which referred to phone calls that had been placed to the police and to a priest in Ashland. Those calls had demanded $10 million in ransom money in order for the killings to stop. That note concluded, P.S. Your children are not safe anywhere at any time. The note used the words we and us repeatedly, indicating to authorities that they were looking for more than one killer. It also gave police a phone number to call to coordinate the ransom.
3: Oh, okay. Well, on October 21st, Richmond area police arrested two men, one with a white van outside a gas station. The men turned out to be illegal immigrants with no connection to the shooter, and they were remanded in the custody of what was then the Immigration and Naturalization Service, which subsequently deported them. That's awful. Yeah. Yeah. The next
1: day, October 22nd, bus driver Conrad Johnson, 35, was shot at 5.56 a.m. while standing on the steps of his bus in Aspen Hill, Maryland. Johnson later died of his injuries. Oh, no. Yeah. While no shootings occurred on October 23rd. On that day, ballistics experts confirmed Johnson as the 10th fatality in the Beltway shootings. With the murder of Conrad Jackson, the killings in the Washington area suburbs came to an end.
3: I just got to say I, I it's um it's interesting. So I'm like watching the, I just watched the Atlanta Murders new documentary that was on TV this weekend. Uh-huh. And it took 16 murders of 10 black kids for people to take action now this is obviously a different time um but boy oh boy were the police on it I mean they didn't they they were not gonna let this go on for 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 much longer yeah so yeah I just think it's I just think it's interesting just
1: comparing the two yeah mm-hmm
3: So now we're going to get into the investigation. So people say in D.C. um, they were shook. And uh, I believe that was an understatement. Uh, Profiles suggested people should be on the lookout for an angry white male in his 20s and 30s who hated authority in a white van in the D.C. area were wrong. Clearly, that's <laughs> racist and very wrong. <laughs> uh, ATF, FBI, Secret Service, and multiple local agencies working on the investigation. Um, and they were not being messy hoes. They were actually working together. Uh, so there were all these agencies that were working together. Nobody was being a messy hoe. And they uh, hired extra people to work call centers and take tips. Um, the killers actually called the tip line themselves. But I think the uh, the person on the line thought that they were joking, so they they were hung up on. So
1: yeah, they had uh, also the documentary I watched. Um, they had a lot of trouble with the phone lines. Uh, a lot of people got mm-hmm. hung up on. So um yeah, <laughs> a lot of people were calling. I don't and, know why I'm yeah. laughing.
3: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Inappropriate. It was, it, it was not
1: going real well with the tip line.
3: <laughs> no, but they tried. They tried. Right, they they tried. certainly tried.
1: <laughs> Authorities learned uh, that the phone number in the note left at the scene at the Ponderosa Steakhouse, where Jeffrey Hopper had been shot, was actually that of a payphone near the restaurant. Authorities had the media <laughs> deliver a message to the snipers asking them to call that number and the FBI arranged to reroute and monitor any calls to it. A call was received at 7.57 a.m. on October 21st. The caller said hello twice, and then it sounded as if a tape-recorded message was being played. The message referred Mm. to earlier demands and concluded with the warning, your children are not safe. The number was traced, and two men were arrested at a payphone. Uh, They also had a white van. Uh, But guess what? They had the wrong phone booth.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Hello from the other side. I must have snapped a thousand times to tell you. What did they say? Your children are not safe. It don't matter. Anyway. I shouldn't go on.
1: Yeah. So the (laughs) phone booth that they should have uh, converged on was across the street. (laughs)
3: <laughs> so that got
1: all fucked Whoopsies. up. Whoopsies. <laughs> <Yeah.
3: laughs> Hello from the other <laughs> side. Yeah, of the street. Other yeah, side of the, the street. street, Yeah. <laughs> so So <laughs> um, between October 15th and October 21st, four telephone calls were received by the police and one by a Catholic priest that threw light on the case. On October 15th, a call was received by Amy Likoff a dispatcher for the Rockville, Maryland police, The message said, among other things, we have called you two times before trying to negotiate. We have got no response. People are dying. The caller hung up and never called back. The call came from a 703 exchange. The day before the call, on October 14th at 9.15 p.m., Linda Franklin had been murdered in Falls Church. The Falls Church area is within the 703 exchange. I'm assuming they mean area code? Yeah, yeah, that's what that means. Exchange is area code?
1: Okay. That's an old-timey word for for area code. Oh, that's a 703, see? Yeah, yeah,
3: see? (laughs) Yeah, see? Is that how your parents talk?
1: No, I <laughs> okay. didn't talk like gangsters.
3: <laughs> I know you said your parents are old. OK, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> they
3: were older, but
1: uh, yeah, they didn't talk like gangsters. <laughs> OK, <laughs> see, <laughs> yeah, see, wise guy.
3: yeah. <laughs> Teach them a lesson, wrap them up.
1: Uh, so one of these calls linked the DC area shootings to one of the crimes where the weapons magazine. <laughs> it still makes me laugh <laughs> where that yes, magazine yes, was found yes. at the scene. <laughs> so uh, in the call, they they uh, referenced that crime scene, and so uh, the police were able to link it to the, uh, DC sniper killing. So Malvo's fingerprints, uh, had been found on that magazine and they were identified through his immigration records. And, uh, John Muhammad was listed as Malvo's sponsor on the records. So they were able to link the two. And then Malvo Mm -hmm. was also visually identified by an eyewitness at the scene of the robbery of the ABC liquor store in Montgomery, Alabama.
3: Okay. The crimes had attracted nationwide attention and October 17th, 2002, police received a call from Tacoma, Washington. The caller said that John Williams had been involved in a divorce, that Williams had changed his name to John Muhammad, and that his ex-wife lived in Washington in the Washington, D.C. area, not Washington State anymore. The caller also stated that Muhammad was regularly in the company of a teenage boy whom Muhammad had nicknamed the sniper at one point the police asked muhammad's ex-wife mildred to go to dc to lure out the killer but she was like hell no <laughs> hell no there we go <laughs> hell no <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? Uh, uh, uh hello. No. He's a motherfucking sharpshooter and he will not miss. Come on, guys. <laughs> uh she also conveyed to the authorities uh how she told them over and over and over again that he was going to try to kill her and they failed to act on every every turn. Um and she was like, y'all not about to use me as bait. Next.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So a check with the National Crime Information Center computer files showed that Muhammad owned a 1990 Chevrolet Caprice with the New Jersey license tag NDA21Z. It was learned then that law enforcement had made inquiries on that Caprice a total of 12 times before and after the shootings. What? Yeah. But police had been so focused on the white van that they didn't notice that they had done that.
3: Of course not.
1: Yeah. So a lookout for that automobile was broadcast by the press. Oh, this was another leak. Um, the police hadn't decided yet whether or not they wanted to inform the press about the car. They weren't sure exactly how they wanted to go about getting them, but it was leaked Spinningly. to the press. Yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. the press publicized the information about the automobile on October 23rd. Mm-hmm. And soon afterwards, mm-hmm. Muhammad's car was spotted in a rest area off a Maryland highway by a man who called 911. And Police arrived within minutes.
3: So now we're going to get into the arrest and the trial. Now, because the darkly tinted windows made it impossible to determine whether the occupants of the car were asleep, the final assault was carefully planned. At 1:30 AM on October 24th, on 23 days after the spray began. Teams of FBI agents and police wearing protective gear charged across the open parking lot and smashed out the side windows of the Caprice. Woo, that's gangsta. Muhammad and Marvel were taken into custody. Uh, They were asleep at the time, so they were taken without incident. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. How we care for our minds affects how we experience life. So it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. There are plenty
1: of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps. But
3: there's also BetterHelp online therapy. Now we are huge advocates for mental health here at Freedom's HQ. Oh yes. And we have both used therapy throughout our lives, including BetterHelp. And especially in these past several years, to help us deal with challenging times, Mm -hmm. challenging thoughts, Feelings and experiences. Amen. Yes. And now I had a recent, you know, conversation with my therapist. She was saying sometimes it's just good to talk and get some perspective. You don't yeah. have to go to a therapist just because stuff is wrong. So Right, right.
1: And BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And some people get really anxious about that. So
3: Oh, yes. And it is much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can be matched with a therapist is in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash fruit. That's betterhelp.com slash fruit fruit. Did you know one out of six couples struggle with infertility, including old Whitey and me? Seriously, that is a staggering statistic that most people don't know or aren't ready to talk about. We need good data and information about our bodies in order to have informed conversations with our doctors and make the best decisions for ourselves and our futures. Good data and information about our bodies is
1: crucial when it comes to our body autonomies, especially in the year of our Lord 2022. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's why modern fertility was created. It's an easy, and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. Traditional testing can
3: cost over $1,000 but Modern Fertility gets you the same info at a fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash fruit you can get $20 off your test. Also,
1: and this is really cool, Mm. if you have an HSA or an FSA, you can put those dollars towards Modern Fertility.
3: Wow! That's amazing! Now, if you want kids today or in the future, never are undecided. It's important to have clinically sound information about your body, which can help you make the decision that's right for you. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash fruit. That means your test will cost $179 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when
1: you go to modernfertility.com
3: slash fruit. That's modernfertility.com slash fruit.
1: Muhammad had transformed the Caprice into what has been described as a killing machine. And I read that he, he got a lot of ideas for this uh, by reading about uh, the IRA in uh, uh, Ireland, the Irish Republican Army. Oh, and shit. things that they oh. did. Yeah. So, a hole was oh. cut into the lid of the trunk, just above the license plate, through which a rifle barrel could be projected without being seen, and the trunk would then catch all the shell casings and prevent mm-hmm. them from being left at the scene. And then the side and rear windows of the Caprice had been heavily tinted, as we mentioned, which they, they had not been before.
3: They see me rolling, <laughs> they hating, they hope hoping... And- don't get me and dirty. Try to get me and dirty. Try to get me and dirty. Me dirty. <laughs> anyway, the inside of the trunk lid, which at the time of the car's purchase had been white, was repainted dark blue, making it less visible when opened. That is really fucking smart. Um, mm-hmm. and the uh the backrest of the rear seat had been modified to permit easy access into the trunk from inside the car. Uh, the backrest was split into two sections, and each could be rotated outward to permit entry into the gun port that had been created in the trunk. Wow! Yeah. I wonder where, they, like, where did they go to? Like, West Coast Cubs Customs was exhibit involved? Was <laughs> Pimp My Ride? Involved? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, you remember that show? Yes, okay. I do. Yep. <laughs> Police also found a Bushmaster two twenty three caliber rifle. Uh, the civilian version of the M16. Whoa, okay. Did your son give you any insight on that?
1: Why do they have the weird
3: names of guns? (laughs) No, I I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, It was in Muhammad's car. All of the DC sniper victims had been hit by the uh, .223 caliber bullets. And I don't think I'm saying that gun name right, but that's how it reads on on the page. Right, right. (laughs) Two twenty three or 0.223, point, I do not know. I think it's Forgive point me. two
1: two three. I think, but okay. I don't, I don't know for sure. Let's either. go with that.
3: Yeah. So in okay. the
1: aftermath of his arrest, police asserted that Muhammad had expressed some sympathy with the September 11th attacks and might have been acting out of anti-American sentiment. Later reports, which coincide with a letter he left on the scene of one of the murders, alleged that the crime spree was part of an attempt to extort $10 million
3: from the government. Just $10 million, No big deal. Yeah. Uh, so... <clears throat> Welcome to the second edition of Culture Corner. I feel like we should have, maybe someday we'll get special music for Culture Corner. (laughs) But um, I wanted to point out that the media and authorities find it all too easy to name any non-white person a terrorist when it comes uh, to crimes like these, Uh, especially since after 9-11. But they all let, uh, Dylan Roof, the Vegas shooter, Timothy McVeigh, Emmett Till's murderers commit murder, terror, terrible crimes and terrorism. Um, but it's, those words are absent from their reporting. It's like they're incapable of calling terrorism, terrorism all the time, particularly when it comes to white perps. I'll admit We were sure by the reports, that, um, you know, when we were watching, following the story, because everybody was everybody was on high alert after Uh, 9-11 and that we all assumed that it was a white, at least I assumed it was a white terrorist. And that I hoped that the media would call it that and, you know, POC's some POCs were disappointed when it wasn't that. And, um, that ultimately the the media didn't have to call it that, but there've been examples since then where they could have called it that right away. And they just did not. Um, recently there were two Muslim women, one from the United States, the other from the UK who joined ISIS and later wanted to return to their countries, uh, the United States and the UK. Um, and I think, that there is some debate about whether or not they should be allowed to return or if they have given up their rights to be, um, UK citizens or U S citizens. Um, I definitely think that it's worth examining why people born in countries like the United States or the UK who were probably subject to racism, sexism, xenophobia, Islamophobia, um, just because of how they looked or their beliefs or their language, um, and, and if that eventually becomes like a psychological, spiritual, emotional beating on a daily basis, um, which doesn't feel good. And so I'm not an expert on um, Islam. Uh, I know that Muhammad was somewhat infatuated with those um, the perpetrators of the 9-11 attacks. But I see Muslims as, you know, like I, I, I get feeling different and feeling sort of, um, pushed, pushed down or, um, kept down or, or how, however discriminated discriminated against as a person of color or a woman or like, you know, I have boxes to check that make things not very easy for me. Um, and, uh, I, I get that how alluring it might be to have a promise of acceptance or maybe um, being made to be a hero um, or um, doing something great that will make you a hero. I, 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 I just think that it's worth looking at. Um, Yeah. You can argue that those things are alluring and I'm just saying, it's just worth looking into and talking about these people aren't, what were you going to say, Beth? Sorry, uh, I left right. my place. <laughs> the the people in
1: ISIS um, have a lot of videos uh-huh. that are directed towards uh, young younger people, and I don't know how old these women were because I don't I don't know the story. But I know other stories mm-hmm. of women. Uh, we've
3: we've seen the story a lot. We've seen the story repeatedly. It's the same story.
1: It's young young girls who are lured mm-hmm. over. Uh, there to become a wife, um but they're so mm-hmm. young they don't know what's going on, really, and they have all these videos uh directed towards young people to like mm-hmm. you said make try to make them build them up, make them feel uh mm-hmm. good and um, mm-hmm. promising mm-hmm. that they'll be a hero and all and it's it's it is mm-hmm. alluring to them um but they're being hoodwinked and th- but they don't know it they're young you know
3: yeah they are yeah i think i think their their youth is is certainly um being something that is uh taken ad- advantage of but i just think um you know I just think that it's worth ta- having a conversation, and the the media we say in the beginning of our show is racist, and I don't know if they will dive into that part of the conversation. So we're yeah. gonna do it at Fruit Loops that um, there's there's something more to it than. Um, we just hate Americans, or yeah. um, we're just full of hate. Where where is we we practice this religion, and we're just full of hate for this this one country. There's there's a lot more to it than that, and the um the the there needs to be a like a rest of the conversation. Like there's the, the it's we're we're miss we're missing something, and this the, um, terrorism isn't going to go away until we figure out how to. Um, really, not make people um, I think so alienated, not angry, but disenfranchised, yeah, and alienated. There's a podcast called Caliphate, that's um. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. But it, oh man, yeah. They talk a lot right. about this kind. Thank of thing, you for talking so, Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That thank you. Thank really you. Sorry. Podcast. Sorry to go off on a tangent, but I feel like I feel like the, like people are like, why would these people do this? But yeah, There's listen, a lot of reasons. Listen to, why. to that podcast,
1: <laughs> Caliphate. It'll talk a lot about that.
3: Yeah, yeah, it will. Okay, okay. So tangent. So let's go. Let's move on. Okay, let's, okay. Let's, let's, Moving let's, what on. Happened next, Beth?
1: So next, <laughs> uh, Muhammad was tried just for the murder of Dean Myers. Um, not sure why. Uh, maybe they thought that the evidence for that murder was the best. But in any case, he was tried for the murder of Dean Myers by a jury in Virginia Beach on November seventeenth and. 2003. In the six-week trial, the prosecution produced more than 130 witnesses and 400 pieces of evidence. Muhammad's legal team argued that he was mentally ill at the time of his murderous rampage, a condition exacerbated by Gulf War Syndrome.
3: Oh, that's a throwback. Mm -hmm. Remember the Gulf War? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Though their case was largely circumstantial. There was no eyewitness to prove that he actually pulled the trigger. Muhammad was convicted on all four counts against him. The murder of Dean Myers, murder with intent to terrorize the government or public, conspiracy to commit murder, and finally, the illegal use of a firearm.
1: Muhammad confounded experts and profilers because he was unique. His random choice of victims defied the labels spree, mass, or even serial killer. So they they were actually really, really random. Uh, There were people of all colors. There were young people. There were older people. There were men. There were women. There was uh, nothing to tie these people together at all. And he was the first black serial killer of his kind, which is probably why they were Mm -hmm. looking for a white dude. And he was the first serial killer that we know of to operate with a juvenile apprentice.
3: So here's what needs to happen is the FBI needs to invite Beth and I to their uh, headquarters (laughs) to help them revamp their profiling uh, situation because it is inadequate. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 can't remember what I was listening or if I was watching, watching a like ID show or listening to a true crime podcast, but that profiling is quite inadequate, um, in terms of really being able to identify a suspect. Um, and the criteria needs to be reevaluated and um, recalibrated um, because they're leaving out a lot of potential suspects. Yeah. Like, really, profiling is basically this podcast, I think, said profiling is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and based on this case, I can't disagree. So, anyway. Now we are going to get into where are they now? Well, let me tell you, Malvo, uh, who was a minor at the time of the shootings, entered a guilty plea to first-degree murder in six of the murders. As part of the plea deal, he agreed to testify voluntarily as to all of the shootings that occurred in Maryland. At Muhammad's trial in 2006, Malvo described how Muhammad clothed him fed him and made him quote unquote a monster. Malvo said he shot three people and worked as the spotter in the other shootings. He was sentenced to six consecutive life sentences, which what is the point prison reform anyway, without the possibility of parole. Malvo is serving the life sentences at red onion prison in Virginia. On Monday, March 18th, 2019,
1: the U.S. Supreme Court agreed to hear the appeal of Lee Boyd Malvo to determine if he should be resentenced because he was a minor at the time of his crime. So this was just last week. Oh, damn. It will consider whether Malvo's sentence should be affected by a 2012 Supreme Court ruling that deemed mandatory life sentences without the possibility of parole for those under 18, unconstitutional in most cases.
3: I kind of thought that was already uh, on the books as like a rule that you can't sentence minors to life sentences, but- Uh, In 2012, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, Well, a jury convicted Muhammad of the October 9th, 2002 shooting of Dean Myers, and he was sentenced to death on March 9th, 2004. The conviction and the sentence were affirmed by the Supreme Court of Virginia... Of a questionable history on April 22nd 2005 and Muhammad was executed by the state of Virginia via lethal injection on November 10th 2009 uh, and that was really really fast yeah. considering there are humans on death row now for decades yeah so yeah I don't know why it was so fast I know why
1: <laughs> it starts with an R <laughs> and it ends with A yeah uh-huh. Uh-huh.
3: Um,
1: sometimes yeah. Uh, they go on for so long because there's so many appeals, so I don't I don't know if he just gave up or uh, if he wasn't allowed to appeal anymore. I don't know, but in any case,
3: also there's the Islam there's the is Islam um, element to it too that I think what's that just sort of fueled fueled the fight. Well, he was he was he converted to converted to Islam. Oh right right right. And so he wasn't just black, right? He, he was, was also, also a Muslim, right? Right. So, so Mildred
1: Muhammad wrote a book in 2009 called Scared Silent, in which she claimed that her ex-husband shot all of those people simply to lay the ground for another murder, her own, so that mm-hmm. he could regain custody of their three children. After their bitter divorce some three years before the shootings, Mrs. Muhammad was awarded custody of their son, John, and daughter, Selena and
3: Taliba. It was in his uh, determination to get them back once and for all, she says, that he hatched his twisted plot by murdering a great number of people all around her home, just outside Washington. He would make the authorities believe that a serial killer was on the loose. He was trying to place me in the middle of all these killings so that when he finally took me out, the police would think I was just another sniper victim. It might sound bizarre and far-fetched, but
1: not if you knew John Muhammad. She repeatedly told authorities he would kill her. She got a restraining order, and once in court, he got pissed and chased her and her lawyers out of the courthouse. You have to remember Uh that he was trained in psychological warfare in the army, and he was prepared to do anything to get what he wanted. That means all these innocent people were killed just because he was trying to kill me. I still have a hard time living with that. I constantly blank out of my mind the number of people who died in my name.
3: Mrs. Muhammad is embittered that American society refuses to regard her as one of her ex-husband's victims. And I just think that that's unfair. She is a victim. Mm -hmm. Uh, She has therefore set up a self-styled help group for the families of abusive men called after the trauma, and spends her time traveling the country on speaking engagements. And I heard her on a podcast, and I mean, she is a really powerful woman. I heard her speak, and I was I was uplifted. I got my spirit that day. That's <laughs> so nice. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's she's really she's really dope, and just a just I mean just. the only word i can think of is is just a a really powerful inspiring
1: yeah yeah in washington some people still point an accusing finger at her suggesting she ought to have made the connection between her husband whom she knew to be a trained marksman with a grudge and the sniper much sooner i don't think she deserves that she didn't kill anyone no, Others no, tell me no. I should have stayed married to him, she shrugs. That way I would have been mm. the only one to die. And in my opinion, those people are awful. That's terrible.
3: Give them all the bags of dicks. <laughs> yeah, all the bags of I don't dicks. Know, I don't know what the standard yeah. is for that. I, I, <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> dicks. Don't fart.
1: (laughs) Give them the the hip-hop farts.
3: Yeah, the hip-hop fart horn. (laughs) So I have little kids, right? So we watch. A lot of Despicable Me and Minions, blah blah blah. Oh, they, do the, the, they do that. They do that. Twenty one fart Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. My grandson had one of those uh, fart machines. Uh, <gasps> no way. No, it was a fart gun from the, the Minions. Oh yeah. my god! Are you
3: serious? <laughs> oh, my god! If my kids had one of those,
1: it would be unstoppable. <laughs> and then I think he took it in the bathtub, and now it doesn't work anymore. <laughs>
3: Oh, good. Isn't that, you know what, there are th- sometimes your kids' toys are so fucking annoying that you're like, would you like to take a bath with your toy? Yeah. That, because you know, once it goes in the water, it's not going to work anymore and it's not going to drive you crazy anymore. It's or you're great. Like, I, don't, I don't know what happened
1: to that toy when you know very well Oopsies. you threw it in the
3: garbage. <laughs> I don't know, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so Mrs. Muhammad no longer pays heed to such criticism. Amen, sis. You get the hip hop. Mm-hmm. The, <laughs> the, strongest, the strongest black woman that we love you for. She has totally reinvented herself. And um, through her victim's rights group, she says she has found her true vocation. She has also remarried to Ruben Muhammad, a drug abuse counselor whom she met through a website for single U.S. Muslim people. She wrote a
1: second book in 2017 called I'm Still Standing, which she says is for the victims and survivors of domestic violence, as well as those who are in a position to help but may not know how. She reaches out through the personal stories of how her family wrestled with life, death, and everything else in between.
3: Yeah, she's she talks about how her kids are still doing good, and um, you know, she just just again, I can't imagine the weight that she has to carry around. Yeah, I heard her describe it, but I I certainly. Could not relate to it. But she was just like, no, I'm not, that's that's not my burden to carry. I didn't kill those people. Yeah. And and hip hop airborne
1: for her kids, too. Yes,
3: her children. Her children who um they were also victims. She's described they were also victim, but she also describes the um turmoil that she went through when he took them from the country. Oh my god. And Uh changed their names, she couldn't find them. She did everything she could. She hired a private investigator, and it was difficult for her to find like she what else could you have done? i yeah. don't know yeah, i, don- I don't can't know. even imagine so, yeah she also uh,
1: during that time she was so stressed out she lost a whole bunch of weight and yeah.
3: Yes, she was living in a homeless shelter because um, she was spending her money trying to find her kids. She couldn't find a place to live. Um, she wasn't couldn't find couldn't find work because she was trying to find her kids. Like so, man, the things moms like we do. Yeah. Look, I like my kids a lot. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe after know. a couple of
1: days you might. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and again, I've said this before. I mean, if somebody took them, they would they would be brought back. Bring My them kids back, yeah. are. Please take them. Wild. I'll, I'll pay you money yeah. <laughs> to take, take them back. They're crazy. Yeah, they're. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm uh, totally joking. But anyway. Hey. So, Beth, tell me what you think made these D.C. snipers snap.
1: Well, uh, Muhammad was a very angry man. Um, I don't know exactly what the basis of his anger was, but he was very angry and resentful. He did have a Mm -hmm. rough childhood. And I'm sure that serving Mm -hmm. in the army and uh, his PTSD didn't didn't help him. Um, I also tend to think that joining the, uh, nation of Islam probably didn't help either because some of their, Mm -hmm. uh, their message about, uh, hatred towards white
3: people probably didn't help, um, it was the NOI that he joined the nation of islam right. not regular islam yes yes it yes. is what the you nation said. I just wanted of to islam reclarify cuz we we went into detail about that in the first part right but i'm sorry the nation yeah. of islam is not not the religion of not islam the, or the, the religion. practice of islam yeah yeah
1: um, mm-hmm. because as we mentioned in our earlier episode uh, mildred became a muslim because she wanted to find peace and um, right. he felt like he needed to uh, do something more drastic, you know, to, to change, change the world or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think he got mm-hmm. uh, encouragement uh, from the Nation of Islam with that kind of thinking. Um, that, yes. yeah. Um, so, it, it, right. yeah, like you said, it's different from uh, the religion. Um, but anyway, I think it was only a part of it in any case. Yeah. I think he needed psychological help uh, after being in the Gulf War. Um,
3: Today's episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. It was a night like any other. We just finished a live show of the podcast at Madison Square Garden. It was <laughs> nice to see Megan and Harry. You know, so nice of them to come. Then we told the pilot, hey, gas up the PJ. We out of here. Wait, gas up the PJ?
1: Megan and Harry? Shh. <laughs> just
3: go with it. Okay. 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 So Wendy, we gassed up the PJ and then what? (laughs) Well, while we were on the PJ, that's private jet for regular folks. (laughs) I was wondering. We we were up in the clouds scoring some quality time with best fiends. It was incredible. And the good news is I'm on level 393. Right on. (laughs) Yes, it sounds incredible. But if Mm
1: -hmm. your head's in the clouds like Wendy in an imaginary (laughs) private jet with Megan and Harry, or your feet are firmly planted on the ground at work or in line at the grocery store. One
3: thing is true, Best Fiends is just playing fun. Mm, It is true. Now, Best Fiends is a free-to-download mobile puzzle game with thousands of exciting levels for new adventures and challenges every time you play. There are dozens of unique fiends to collect, so you can customize your team of fiends to defeat the menacing slugs. I'm sorry, I was just looking at this funny text from (laughs) Harry. Anyway, power up your favorite (laughs) fiends to new levels for even more powerful skills and watch them transform as they get stronger. With Offline Play, Wendy's favorite,
1: Mm -hmm. you'll never be stranded without fun, even if you lose your internet connection download your favorite
3: getaway best fiends for free today on the app store or google play you'll even get five dollars worth of in-game rewards when you reach level five that's friends without the r best fiends now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. How we care for our minds affects how we experience life. So it's important to invest time and care into keeping them healthy. There are plenty of ways to support a
1: healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps. But there's also BetterHelp
3: online therapy. Now we are huge advocates for mental health here at Freedom's oh, yeah. HQ. Oh yes. And we have both used therapy throughout our lives, including BetterHelp. And especially in these past several years, to help us deal with challenging times, mm-hmm. challenging thoughts, feelings, and experiences. Amen. Yes. And now I had a recent you know, conversation with my therapist. She was saying, sometimes it's just good to talk and get some perspective. You don't yeah. have to go to a therapist just because stuff is wrong. So
1: Right, right. And BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And some people get really anxious about that. So
3: Oh, yes. And it is much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours our listeners get 10 percent off their first month at betterhelp.com slash fruit
1: that's better h-e-l-p dot com slash fruit yeah in that documentary i referenced which i will link to uh in our show notes it it was forensic files Mm -hmm. one of their episodes uh they said that uh when he came back from the gulf war he he just wasn't the same he wasn't the same guy Um, So he needed help, but he didn't seek it. And I don't know if the army offered anything. Um, And I think that a lot of men don't seek mental help. Uh, Men are taught in our society that they need to solve their their own problems. But sometimes you just can't. Um, in my opinion, right. there's no shame in seeking mental help. when you're having a problem.
3: Absolutely I don't not. Care.
1: Yeah, I don't care what society says. I, I think there's no shame. I think you're actually a stronger person to uh, be able to admit that you have a problem and open up to someone else because that's hard to tell a, a stranger your problems. But sometimes right. an outsider can help you see things that are going on. Um, you can't see it because you're stuck in circles in mm-hmm. your head. Um mm-hmm. sometimes somebody mm-hmm. just needs to uh, help you with that
3: help nav help you navigate right. out of those
1: circles right. And I think, yeah, I think uh, that's what happened to Muhammad. He got stuck in this angry, mm-hmm. resentful circle in his head, and it just got worse and worse. Um, yeah, and then Malvo, he was a boy. Uh, he needed Mm -hmm. he needed a father figure or he he probably it didn't sound like he had any kind of relationship with his biological father and so he was seeking a father figure Muhammad stepped in and uh, Mm -hmm. he probably looked up to him and and there was some Mm -hmm. psychological abuse going on there because I read somewhere that uh, he had him on a diet of like crackers and honey or something weird like that and uh whoa yeah he was very controlling and so Mm -hmm. i think malvo probably would have done anything for muhammad he looked at him as a father and um he was being controlled by him so yeah that's my thoughts yeah
3: what about you i uh i appreciate all of your thoughts um i think um that uh Thank you. By the way, I wanted to thank you for just sort of tapping into the mental health part of it for um, for vets. Yeah. Um, I think uh, being a black man in America is challenging, period. It's stressful. You're always fighting to fit in, to be accepted, fighting to stay alive, fighting to not get shot, um, fighting to keep up uh, with your, you know, um, uh, non. POC counterparts and for some people that is just too difficult Mm -hmm. too much even if he did kill his wife and get his kids he still would have had felt the same way like it wouldn't have it It wouldn't wouldn't have have solved his problems yeah No. And I think that the pressure of living as an American black man was just too much for him. And rather than seeking help for, for, you know, after his military service through maybe his mosque or the VA mental health um, branch or his family, um, he broke and he snapped and he became just so angry and angry enough to self destruct and kill other people. Um, Islam is not a religion where people. Kill people right, for fun right. it's it's a religion of peace and love with nearly a quarter of the world's population um, and he sort of uh, bobbed and weaved and went in other ways so. yeah so we hear a lot
1: about um, Isis and and uh, al-qaeda and stuff like that those those people mm-hmm. are are um, like fundamentalist uh christians you know like the the wacky fundamental Uh,
3: yeah i would say they're like our alt right yes they're like our alt right but they're they're um, also over here they
1: kind of uh remind me of like the what is that the westboro baptist church where they they're just wacky you know that is not normal Uh islam (laughs) that's the wacky version and we christians (laughs) have their own wacky version so don't
3: uh-huh. I I uh-huh. don't want
1: people to think that uh, ISIS and Al Qaeda is that's what Islam that's is all about because it's not yeah. it's not and, anything like that right
3: right It just I mean find an is a friend who is a Muslim and they will tell you like no that's, that's not, not that's not no. I mean I remember. When I was in high school, so hello, w- uh, welcome to Culture Corner with Wendy and Beth. So I was um, the vice president of the uh, multicultural club in high school. At I'm my shocked. Last white high school. <laughs> 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 so, um, um, but I had. Muslim friends, and I had Jewish friends, and I had um, uh, I I had friends of many different religions. I can't think of any other ones right now. Sorry, <laughs> um, but oh, and I had Mormon friends, um, and, and and so uh, I didn't have any Buddhist friends, hmm. um, but I did go to a uh, a religious college and learned about Buddhism and it really had an, a, like appreciation for it, like it. It's pretty dope. But um, I I remember I would ask my after 9/11 would have deep conversations with my Muslim friends and ask them about what like what does it feel like? What is it what is it like being in this world right now? And um uh, you know, and then I would go back to my Sunday school because um, my parents made me go to church every fucking Sunday and every fucking Wednesday and every fucking <laughs> Thursday. But uh, so I would go to the Sunday school teacher and be like, well, my, you know, they, the, the, the Christian Sunday school teacher would say, well, here's what I know about Islam. And I would be like, you must not have talked to a Muslim person because that's, that's not, not what they say. Yeah. So we we like there's just this sort of lack of communication that needs to sort of happen, um, in order for us to have a better understanding and appreciation of each other's beliefs and identities. I learned a lot. I think it was my first year in
1: college or somewhere around there mm-hmm. uh, from a uh, mm-hmm. religions of the world class where they talked about all different kinds of religions. And I thought it was fascinating. Uh-huh. And I really think they should do yes. that in high school. Like just talk about all Wouldn't the Wouldn't different- that be something yeah. if they did? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think that's a good idea. I think it's a good idea because boy, oh boy, things aren't getting better. And um, we know that if we learn about things that are different than what we're used to, that we're not as, as afraid of them and we don't see them as dangerous. Right. And so we need to, we, we need to learn about these things. Yeah. And so there's, I think, I think a lot of the, the terrible things that are happening in the world is because there's fear. Fear yes, because people
1: don't understand.
3: Yeah. I don't fucks with star Wars, but I'm pretty sure Yoda said fear leads to anger and anger leads to hate. Yes. And that's exactly yep. what's happening. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, I think I already takeaways. talked about how this makes me angry. You said this makes, Oh, we're just now diving into takeaways. We're just you, diving into in takeaways. Our, okay. Our, okay, all
1: right. So you go. Ahead. You're done. Okay. <laughs> so Wendy yeah, already did her takeaway <laughs> somewhere. It's some yeah. buried in there somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's somewhere in there. <laughs> so my main takeaway, um, other than what I said about what I think made Muhammad snap, uh, is that it's it's really sad to me that Malvo, who was a child, was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. And I don't think he would have committed these crimes if not for the influence of John Muhammad. And people might disagree with me about classifying Malvo as a child, but uh, he was a minor And the brain does not fully form until we're around 25 years old. And when these crimes took place, he was 17. So he probably Mm -hmm. met Muhammad when he was like 15 or 16. So he had like Mm -hmm. at least a year to work on him before uh, he committed these crimes. To groom him. Mm -hmm, To groom Groom him. him. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh Because our brains do not form until, or fully form until we're like 25, um, we all do really stupid things when we're young adults and we don't understand the world around us. And that's why actual adults can have such a strong influence on us at that age. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily our parents, but, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, you know, there was always that, that (laughs) person you hung out with that was older than you and you thought was really cool. And, uh, anything that they said, you're like, yeah, that's cool because they're older than you. Yeah. And, uh, you're young and, and malleable and you just don't know, and you don't know anything about the world. Um, So I do hope that the Supreme Court rules in his favor and he gets resentenced, but I'm doubtful given the makeup of the Supreme Court at this time.
3: Well, I'm hopeful as well. I do want to remind everybody about the idea of the adultization of um, children who are not white, black and brown kids, that... Um, at, at age five, I think for boys, um, they are considered adults in the eyes of the law and, um, the world. Uh, and so if something bad happens to a young, um, brown or black boy, um, they are seen as more responsible for the bad things happening to them and more responsible for their behavior, which is really unfair. Mm -hmm. If you know any five-year-olds, they're fucking nuts and not, re- like <laughs> they have no fucking clue what's bad going on. <laughs> no, sense. no goddamn sense. So, so to, to blame a bl- brown or black child for bad things that they were involved in or um, that happened to them a um, hundred, a hundred percent is um, completely unreasonable yeah. and unjustified. And I hope that the Supreme court, gets it right also yeah so now we're gonna get into how not to get murdered or shmurdered so if you love true crime and you don't want to die here's a tip for you (laughs) (laughs) So this segment
1: is not intended to be victim-blaming. We thought of this segment because I read somewhere that a lot of people listen to true crime because they want to know what they can do to be safer. But in my mind, this is not meant to blame the victims. It's just learning from other people's mistakes. Sometimes we have no suggestions for a particular episode, and then we'll just offer up generic tips.
3: That's right. So this tip came from Terra La Perla, one of our super fly patrons in an email, Um Here's another tip on how not to get murdered, she says. Invest in AAA. Now, woo, this is a gold mine. Mm-hmm. Once, she said, my daughters started driving and then I enrolled. I have bought my sister and niece memberships as gifts. It has helped uh, retrieve locked keys in the car, flat tires, etc. Also, once the call to AAA has been made, in the event something does happen, like a weirdo showing up and kidnapping you, that call to AAA will be the start of a paper trail. So that is yeah. a really great tip. Thank you, Terra. Yeah,
1: great advice. I love AAA, uh-huh. and I do have a membership, which I added both of my kids to. Even though they're adults, you can still oh, do good. that. Um, and I, I've used it yeah. many, many times. I've had it for years. Uh, They also offer discounts at many Uh places like hotels and theme parks. So that's a plus. Oh, (laughs) yeah, And I've also (laughs) called AAA before and while waiting for them to arrive, had people come up and ask me if I need help, Uh, which is super nice if the person is legit. But since I don't know, and I, you tell them to fuck <laughs> off, and I'm suspicious of everyone. I just crack my window a little bit and say, "No, thank you." I called AAA, and they should be here any minute. Which you can also say, even if you don't Get have AAA, you can still. <laughs> You can still lie and say that. Bye. <laughs> so before I had AAA years ago, uh there were occasions when my car broke down and I had to walk to a gas station to get help. So yeah, this was in the days before cell phones, long time oh ago. Oh my gosh. Several times people would stop in their cars while I'm walking and ask if I need help or want a ride, and I would always say no. Even if the person was a woman, because mm. I don't trust nobody.
3: <laughs> oh my god! So
1: I yeah. I would often <laughs> lie and say something like, "Oh, my husband's uh, waiting for me over there," and and point and uh,
3: Oh, that's so smart
1: of you! <laughs> I just I don't trust nobody. I
3: would, I would get in the car. <laughs> I, re- I, re- I remember one time my dad my so my dad took the car away because I must have had a bad attitude that week or something. But I worked at the gym up the street and it was like feet of snow, and I just started. I just had to walk, so I started walking. And you know how when you're walking in snow, you have to take like yeah, big ass steps. Yeah. So I'm like taking these big ass steps and the snow, and and like this family pulls over and is like, "Hey, do you need a ride?" And I was like fuck. Yeah, I do scoot over. And I just jumped in, like not thinking, but like <laughs> now that I'm like super into true crime, I could have done. Yeah. Died. yeah. yeah <laughs> you could have. But thankfully so anyway, you did not.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so anyway, not. if, if that do does course. happen to you, uh, just let the person know that someone's nearby or coming soon. Don't get in the car like Wendy did. <laughs> And if you are in a car and somebody stops and asks if you need help, just crack the window a tiny, tiny bit, just enough so that they can hear you, but they can't get any part of them in or anything like that.
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Good one. Okay. Well, now we're going to get into some serial killer or true crime news. And Beth, I'm excited to hear what you have to say about this one. So what do you got? Okay, so Denali
1: in our Facebook group posted an article about how scientists have identified Jack the Ripper through DNA.
3: Whoa! Oh!
1: (laughs) (laughs) So he's believed to be Aaron Kosminski, a 23-year-old Polish barber, and he was a prime suspect at the time, and the forensic investigation was published in a peer-reviewed journal of forensic sciences. They used DNA from a shawl reportedly found at one of the crime scenes, that of Catherine Eddowes. The shawl was stained with what is claimed to be blood from Eddowes and semen from the killer. They extracted the DNA and compared it to the DNA of Eddowes and Kosminski's living descendants. This has actually been reported before. In fact, there's a book about it published in 2014. Oh, you really? So this actually isn't new news. This isn't news. Well, it's not new. But uh, what is new is that this is the first time that it's been published in a peer-reviewed article, which is apparently a big deal in the Mm. science world. Um, That's all I know about that. So that that is a big deal, and that's why it's being reported on now. Uh, Critics of this article say that the DNA sequences were not published in the study and that there's no evidence that the shawl was actually ever at the crime scene. And if it was, it could have been contaminated in the 131 years since the murders took place. The authors say in their paper that uh, the Data Protection Act, uh, a UK law designed to protect the privacy of individuals, stops them from publishing the genetic sequences of the living relatives of Edos and Kosminski. So instead, they used a graphic, which they say is easier for non-scientists to understand anyway, especially those interested in true crime but the critics would rather see the um, actual DNA sequences. Uh, So anyway, it's not a hundred percent solved, but it is really uh, intriguing. Um, I don't know how they would find uh, DNA from both Edos and Kosminski on a shawl if it wasn't at the scene and how could it get contaminated? Yeah. So I don't know how, but it, I think somebody should probably look at those sequences. Um, Maybe not in the article, but that should be looked at to verify. Um, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: But the article (laughs) shared by Denali also lists a bunch of other cold case crimes that could be solved by DNA. So that's pretty exciting. And uh, I'll post a link uh, to that article in our
3: show notes. Well, thank you. Okay, so now we're going to get into the portion of our show where we shout out any content by people of color or about people of color or LGBTQ people or any true crime goodies.
1: Okay, so um, my shout out is it's just an FYI because I haven't seen it yet because it doesn't come out until April 1st, Uh, but it's the rebooted uh, Twilight Zone Like I said, it's dropping April 1st. I can't wait. (laughs) On CBS All Access. Um, And Jordan Peele Mm -hmm. will host. CBS All Access is (gasps) a streaming service. They have all the CBS shows on there, plus original content, which is what I subscribe to it for. Um, I've shouted out Mm -hmm. uh, some of their shows before, uh, The Good Fight and Star Mm -hmm. Trek Discovery Um, I really like CBS All Access, and I think it's worth the money, and I'm super excited Uh to see Twilight Zone. I've been uh, really impressed, like I said, with their original content, and I love Jordan Peele, so
3: shout out just a few more days and it'll be on Ooh, can't wait uh me too uh and if you're one of our patrons we just recorded a bonus episode about our review of the movie us directed and written by jordan peele he's uh it's he's amazing he's been doing he's been doing this twilight's Twilight Zone shit for yeah, a long time. Yeah. So people are like, it's "Gonna be good." Isn't he just a comedian? <laughs> Isn't he just a comedian? But like, yeah. I was telling Beth about the episode of Key and Peele where like there was like the zombie apocalypse, and but the zombies were racist, so <laughs> they uh they like weren't fucking with the black people. So the black so like all the white people were like ah, we are like running for their lives, and the black people are like just barbecuing like. <laughs> What's wrong, guys? <laughs> like, so he he I, I just I just love every time something new comes out from yeah. Jordan Peele. I cannot wait yeah, to lose my boot. And I think it's gonna be a fucking joke. Yeah. So where can the people find us, Beth? Our website
1: is fruitloopspod.com. Our Facebook page is Fruit Loops Pod, and our discussion group is Fruit Loops Pod Discussion on Facebook. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at Fruit Loops Pod. And links to our sources will be in our footnotes. If you want to support the show, you can send us a donation on the Cash App, which you can download to your phone or you can find online at cash.me forward slash dollar sign Fruit Loops pod, or you can become a monthly patron through our Podbean patron page. This will help us pay for things like our website and pod hosting. There's no minimum and no commitment. Even a dollar would help.
3: So this is a weekly podcast and new episodes drop every Thursday. So until next time, look alive, guys. It's crazy out there.
2: We're just a group of friends trying to bust each other's balls, find the best stories, and expand the circle in the process. 3 a.m., the comedy horror podcast, not for the faint or fragile of heart. Let's go.